to another episode of Libertarian Los Angeles. I'm Sean Osborne, and today I'm joined with Andrea Lee from People of Li- People for Liberty. Hi, how's it going, Andrea? Hi, it's great. How are you doing? Pretty good. So uh, Andrea is in uh, Georgia, and um, so with, you know, to deal with the Los Angeles aspect of it, is she deals with a, a group, uh, People for Liberty, that um, it, it tries to get people of all groups of liberty-minded people. You know, you've got groups. You, what, you, you want to explain to everybody what People for Liberty is? So People for Liberty has a lot, many different facets. What I do with People for Liberty is I'm the community engagement coordinator. So I work within our Facebook groups to cultivate engagement and community within people that have a common liberty-minded um you know, aspects of their life, we don't really specifically cater to any one demographic, any one um, side of the political spectrum, anybody who has an aspect of their life or lives their lives in a liberty fashion is more than welcome to participate with us. Yeah, it's nice. It's a, it's a pretty open group. Uh, it's actually a bunch of groups. Like there's a like uh, is it Latinos for Liberty and yeah. African Americans for Liberty, um, d- uh, Democrats for Liberty, Republicans for Liberty, Women for Liberty, a little bit of everything for Liberty. So there's all these different groups that you guys host. Um, you 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 uh, you administrate the Democrats, and what else do you administrate? So a um, little bit of background. I came on with People for Liberty in June of last year as just a moderator in the Democrats for Liberty. I was a previous Democrat-leaning independent before I came to the Libertarian Party, and that really fit kind of my mindset, and I'm a left-leaning Libertarian. So um, I started there, and then I expanded to Christians for Liberty and Women for Liberty from that position. Mm -hmm. That's, that's always one of the things that I like to talk about uh, with people. Is how, so how, you, want, you want to tell everybody how you came to be a libertarian? Like you're, a, you're an actual uh, uh, party member now, right? Like you're a... Yeah, I'm an official yeah. card-carrying member of the Libertarian yeah. Party and Libertarian Party of Georgia now. Um, so I posted this in our LGBT for Liberty group just a few days ago. I ran across a picture of me and my friend at a Pride event. I worked uh, for a company that did pride events during the month of June, and we traveled around and did a lot in the Southeast, and um, we sponsored some and then set up uh, booths selling pride merchandise, and so I love doing that. It was a passion of mine, just human rights are a passion of mine, and, and social justice, and that was the year that Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton were running for election. And I just didn't know what I was going to do. I'm like, I'm just not going to vote this year. I mean, if these are my options, I don't even want a part of this. And I was at um, Nashville Pride and walking around and I saw Libertarian Party and a guy standing out there handing out, I don't know, something about the Libertarian Party. And I said, okay, what are you? I had never heard of you before. So we chatted and we chatted about, you know, individual rights and, I had one question and he, and after we was all said and done, he said, what's that question? I said, can I keep my guns? <laughs> he said, absolutely you can. I said, okay, I'm going to look more into you. And so 2016 started me on the path to the Libertarian Party. 
Yeah, that's great. Yeah, it's funny because you know I like I know a lot of libertarian podcasts ask people this, but you know because there's a lot of us doing podcasts and stuff now. But I think it's important for people to understand how we came to this conclusion. You know, because I I was like you, I came from the left, and you Mm -hmm. know people stereotypically just assume, you know, some weird stuff about us libertarians. You know, the tropes that people say, oh, you're just Republicans that smoke weed or this and that, and all all these stupid things that they hear in the echo chamber. They don't really hear that we're the ones that really stand up for people's rights that we don't even agree with sometimes, you know, because because they have the right to be different than me. And, you know, you don't see Republicans and Democrats doing that by and large, you know, they, they push their agendas and we want to give you your agenda so you can do with it as you please. And it's weird, you know, to, 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 to run into people who think of me as right wing because I'm a libertarian. I'm like, no, 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 not at all. You know, I'm conservative with my money. You know, I'm, I'm good with money, but, you know, I, I wouldn't consider myself a conservative because, you know, I'm about the civil liberties and stuff like that. You know, that's and, and the anti-war stuff. And, you know, let's face it, the, the Democrats aren't anti-war anymore, unless you're talking about Tulsi. Yeah. Yeah, she's the only one that's anti-war, and you saw what happened to her. Yeah, um, I watch the Democratic uh, primaries very closely because you know this time around because I I want to know who's out there. I want to know what they're doing. I want to know, you know, is there someone besides a libertarian that um and you know has the values that I I look for? And uh, Tulsi was definitely one. I mean, she's on the verge she's not quite there yet but she's catering that line a little bit um so someone I do really respect and listen to there's some things I don't agree with her on and that's fine I didn't agree with Dr. Jorgensen on everything so you know just more so than the other two options (laughs) yeah yeah you know that's that's another thing is being tolerant enough to talk to people who have different views you know that's how that's how we started the other podcast the progressive and a libertarian walk into a bar is because my friend and I, you know, we, we would just be sitting around talking about these things. And there's some things that we agree on just wholeheartedly, you know, like the, the, you know, like, you know, immigration and stuff like that. I think I'm further left than he is on immigration, Uh, you know, on, on ending the war on drugs. We we want criminal justice reform. I think I'm further left than him on that. So, you know, we get it. We, we, we agree on the stuff, but then we talk about like how to implement certain things that's where we we tend to go wrong but it makes a good conversation we agree on things it's just how can we make these things work because you know i I could think of uh representative uh omar she's she's done some good things about criminal justice stuff but then she she does a lot of things i really disagree with and stuff like that so it's good and that's one thing like that's great about the you know the people for liberty group is you guys reach out to everybody and and give them a, a space to to become familiar with libertarianism in a friendly manner, you know, because right. <laughs> not all, not all uh, uh, political groups are very friendly. So it, 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 you guys keep it pretty friendly in there. It's nice. Yeah, it's it's very important to us to have to have a community aspect. We love people that disagree with us. Love it. Mm. But we just ask that you disagree with us in a, in a manner that engages more communication to where you can talk about your perspectives. And even if you end up walking away disagreeing, at least you see something differently. And the Democrats yeah. for Liberty group, I even asked someone who was a constant dissenting 
um, you know, on his comments to moderate for us. He unfortunately declined. But I think it's extremely important for libertarians that we don't enter echo chambers. Yeah. Because you're not going to grow if all you're hearing is the same things over and over again. Because there are people from different walks of life that have great ideas that maybe we can take and tweak to make it a little bit more liberty minded. Yeah, yeah. You know, and the same thing, you know, people might, you know, have, uh, have, you know, even people like if you get people you just disagree with wholeheartedly, if you talk to them, you might change their mind. You know, some of my favorite libertarians, you know, Jacob Hornberger, uh, you know, he started off as, as, uh, as a Democrat, you know, um, Gene, uh, the economist Gene Epstein that's been on the podcast, he, uh, he started off as a communist. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's a few people who, who really did. I, I mean, I think even, I mean, he's not a libertarian, but Thomas Sal said he started off as a communist, you know, and ended up being, being such a conservative economist. And people can change from those extreme views if people give them the space and the time to change, uh, you know. So that, that's a great thing I think you guys are doing over there. That's, that's really nice. Yeah, I, I was just excited to be part of it, to be honest with you. Um, it's the exact it's the exact kind of community that I think I had been searching for to learn mm-hmm. more about politics, number one, because I was very just an independent, li- independent libertarian is kind of what I would consider myself. My views were all libertarian, but I would never, and I still to this day will not dedicate my vote to someone I don't believe in. And that's on right. any party, doesn't matter. If I won't vote libertarian just because it's libertarian. If I don't believe in the candidate, I'm not voting for you. I just won't vote. Right. And that's my personal opinion because I want I, I want the person that I give that gift to because essentially your vote is a gift to be someone I know that's going to respect and be humble and thankful for the gift that I've given them to represent me. Yeah, you know, when I watch the libertarian presidential debates, I remember thinking to myself at one point in time, you know, I was rooting for Hornberger, but I remember thinking, you know, I'd be damn happy to vote for any of these people, you know, because they're all pretty cool, you know, so it wasn't like, it wasn't like this, uh, where I was just like, oh, God, I hope it's not, you know, so-and-so, or oh, God, I hope it's not so-and-so. Uh, I, was, I was really happy with how, how, how the whole thing went, pretty much. Yeah, um, I got to spend some time this weekend with John Mons, who was also oh yeah, he was great hat in the race for that, and um, he fully supported Dr. Jorgensen when yeah. she got the nomination. But he's a phenomenal person. Like I just did not know enough about him, and yeah. uh, just getting to spend some time with him this past weekend at the Georgia LP convention. It was just a blessing and an honor. And just the minds of the people in the Libertarian Party are phenomenal. Like, I kind of jokingly say, like, I do, I am not the smartest person in the room when it comes to this kind of thing. And that's another thing that we talked about at the convention was we can, as Libertarians, we can talk, you know, economics and we can talk um, about taxation and we can talk, we can talk about all these things. And when you start talking about like, Austrian economics and Rothbard and Friedman and and it just goes over the heads of so many people that you could that you could bring into your community if you just spoke their language and I think yeah yeah being able to speak the common person's language is extremely important to grow our party 
Yeah, you know, I was I was one of those people who had never read a single bit of libertarian literature uh, until until this last year. You know, I just I knew I didn't like the government. That's all I needed to know. Uh, but now I find it's nice. You know, I've read Rothbard and uh, some Mises, um, uh, uh, that kind of stuff, and uh, got Friedman on the list. You know, different different people, so that I can better explain myself. When you know, uh, when need, when when you need that extra oomph to get get your message across in a more scientific way, you know. Absolutely, uh, I have I have a book list that uh, I'm, that I'm saving for when I'm done with school. I'm a full time student, yeah. so so my time is working my day job, People for Liberty, and then my um, schoolwork. So I don't have time for uh, I call it reading for pleasure. All my reading is textbooks right now. So I have my list though. I'm am reading something for pleasure while I'm on my two week break from school, and it's called a uh, Faith Seeking Freedom, and it's um, a book that talks about libertarianism and Christianity and how they go hand in hand. Hmm. Oh, that's nice. Uh, do you know, uh, are those on Audible or anything like that? Because I know Audible has a lot of really good libertarian literature. That one, I don't think is. It's a fairly new book um, that's out. And we found it, um, our admin and Christians for Liberty found it. And they're doing a book club uh, coming up this weekend um, to discuss the book. And I think even one of the authors is going to be on there. So to discuss it with them. So, you know, big things are happening that people don't even you know, see, you know, I would love to have a book club in every one of our groups so that we can learn, but you know, it's not for everybody. So, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. So, so Audible's I read, great. I read, I read, I used uh, it all the, time. the Great Depression. It was a, it was a, it was a long read, but it was very informative, but man, it was, it was, it was, it was a big, it was a big task. I can imagine. I haven't even looked at it. I know Dr. Jorgensen at one point in time dropped a list of books that she you mm-hmm. know, really enjoyed. So I kind of have that saved for when the time comes. But definitely uh, some economics is definitely um, where I'm lacking for, for me and my knowledge and would really love to expand on that. Yeah, that's cool. Um, well, let's take a little break here and then come back and maybe you can talk about like some of the stuff that went on at the Georgia convention so people can hear about like uh, activism in different states. So let's take a break and come right back. All right. Hi, thanks for listening to the Liberty Blues Network. Make sure and check out all three podcasts on our network. We have the Liberty Blues, a progressive and a libertarian walking to a bar, and libertarian Los Angeles. Let us know what you think of the podcast and rate, review, follow, or whatever you can, wherever you listen. Thanks. Now back to the show. All right, we're back. So the Georgia Convention. So what, 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 went, what went on there? Was it, what city was it in? Um, it was in Atlanta, just right outside Atlanta, about probably 10 miles. Um, so Atlanta is a good uh, middle ground for most all of Georgia. They're already voting on where to have it next year. So we'll see if we get to hit up a different city next year. But I live uh, outside of Atlanta, so it was very convenient for me to go to the convention this year. My brother's a big Falcons fan, so he would love you very much over there in Atlanta. <laughs> I actually moved to Atlanta during the pandemic. So did you? Uh, just being able to feel like get out and about and everything recently. So everybody's like, how do you like Atlanta? I'm like, I have no idea. 
My apartment's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it looks pretty good from that from the window. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, so yeah. So the Georgia Convention was my first really big um, thing that I've done in Atlanta. So I was just getting to know the people in Atlanta. I take that back. I did go to a, a Jordan's and Rally uh, last summer in Atlanta, and I got to meet some people there. But rallies are just very compact. A lot of people, you know. I didn't personally feel comfortable in that situation. So I distanced myself quite a bit and didn't really communicate with a lot of people, but kind of, you know, got to learn who was who in the the Georgia Libertarian Party through that. So that was Uh, really nice to at least get that aspect of it. But um, so Shane Hazel, so a little bit of Georgia information. I know everybody knows about the runoff of Warnock. Purdue, Ostoff, and Leffler in um, Georgia. Georgia has a thing where if you do not get 50% of the vote, then you have the people who got the most votes have to have a runoff election. Well, no one got 50% of the vote because there was this gentleman called Shane Hazel, who was a libertarian, who got some of the vote, so nobody got it. So that's the whole reason that Georgia had the runoff election. And the Republicans did not like him for that. Yeah, no, they were they were very upset with that. <laughs> oh yeah, we got a uh, a shot of the uh, kind of recap convention from the the Repo- Republican Party here in Georgia, and it was a list of reasons they won the election, and very few of them were because they did something wrong or because of the Democrats. It was basically blaming libertarians. You know, it's funny because in the runoff, there wasn't a libertarian, so they still couldn't pull it off. No. So yeah, the, 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 their whole argument's just dumb. <laughs> you know? I know. It makes no sense. I mean, so, you know, you still get, you, they still got the runoff with the Democrat with no libertarian there. So, you know, what, what's up? Why couldn't you win that race? <laughs> no idea. So interestingly enough, we have the governor race coming up in 22. Um, oh, okay. Stacey Abrams will be going up against a Republican and uh-huh. our current governor is not cutting it. And the uh-huh. GOP doesn't really like him. So this will be an interesting election. Who do, who do, you, who do you think, have they, have they been throwing around any names? They, the GOP came to Shane Hazel because he has already thrown his, not his uh, name. For the Libertarian? Him. For the Libertarian. And the okay, GOP yeah, came to what, him yeah, that's what I begging him, yeah. yeah, begging him not to run. <laughs> and he said, well, you've got two options. You don't like Kemp. You have nobody else. Why don't you just back me? Problem yeah, yeah, solved. right. So it'll be interesting <laughs> to see it. if that happens or if they'll put somebody up there that really doesn't do much. And then we're ran by Stacey Abrams, which yeah. Georgia does not want. No. Yeah. So, uh, who, who else, uh, who else has been running over there? Was, was he, the, so he was the, the, the big candidate over there for that. How about like for uh, mayor of Atlanta or anything like that? They got anybody um, running over there? We don't have, I don't think the mayor for Atlanta, no mayor for Atlanta will be up in 22 because, um, that was last filled in 18. So, um, haven't heard anything about that, but our Georgia convention was solely based on how to run a candidacy. So for Mm -hmm. anything, and they had lists there, they had teams of people that were ready to help out. So I won't drop any names yet, 
but mm -hmm. a libertarian candidate has announced that she is running for Marjorie Taylor Greene's position. Oh, nice. I know, I can't wait. <laughs> but in true third party fashion, we have to have 20,000 signatures. Man, that is such a crock of shit. I know. It's awful. Um, I think it's like 58,000 in Tennessee. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So between Shane and this person, because she's not officially made it public yet, um, I won't say her name, but it's female. Um, we're going to have to get a lot of signatures. I don't think they have to have it for the governor, but I think they have to have it for a house race. Uh-huh. Yeah, Kentucky's going to have to work really hard because I, I, they didn't get they didn't get the percentage they needed for ballot access for the state. Uh, so they're going to have to work really hard getting signatures as well. I know. Yeah. This the the whole that this whole thing is just so damn aggravating. Uh, you know that they that they have to you have to jump through so many hoops just to get on there, which means you don't get to go out and campaign. You know, you spend right. your whole time just trying to get on there, and people wonder why we have such a problem. You know, right. But. So I've offered my services. So I go to school for geospatial science. So mapping. So I've offered my services to the candidate that's running against Marjorie Taylor Greene to pull demographics, voting information, set up routes for us to go on to door knock to get signatures. I mean, I'm I'm all in on this. Yeah, the, the North Georgia is going to vote conservative. They just are. And if Marjorie Taylor Greene's going to run again, I don't think anybody really wants her. And at least a libertarian will pull some conservative values. Yeah. You know, you get good, good, strong Second Amendment and all that good stuff. So, right. you know, and you got to have you got to have those bastions of uh, some sanity there because, man, there's other places like like California, man. It's just it's awful, you know, for gun yeah. rights. You know, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, you know, they, uh, in, the, they, in the South, we love our guns, so we don't have a lot of issues with that here. Yeah, that's good. That's nice. So, so who, so did they have any speakers, or was it like more, um, was it more like uh, lectures on things? Like, did you have any good speakers, like Jorgensen, or anybody come speak at the um, convention? We had Spike Cohen. Oh, nice. Uh, uh, Joe Bishop Hinchman. Uh, John Mons, of course, and Shane Hazel spoke. And then the second day, Dr. Jorgensen met us for a luncheon. And that was amazing to sit down in a, a small group of people and get to spend a couple hours with Dr. Dr. Jorgensen. What was even more interesting is because I obviously know who Dr. Jorgensen is. I literally had pictures of her plastered on my mirror <laughs> in my bathroom during the campaign because I was like, this is the one, this is the lady. I'm going to like pull energy from her to go out there and talk about her every day. And I was just dead set on, you know, talking to as many people about Dr. Jorgensen, Spike Cohen and libertarianism throughout the campaign. So we go to the restaurant and it's fairly busy. It's a Sunday afternoon. And in Georgia, we are kind of open to most things and we're sitting there eating we're not in a room by ourselves we're just kind of off to the side and multiple people came up and it's like is that dr jorgensen is that is that Dr. Jorgensen? <laughs> and i just never expected it 
Um, cause I just think she's in our world. Nobody else knows who she is. Cause she yeah, was right. in the debates, but no, they knew who she was. And that was yeah, good. That just means we did a good job in Georgia. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's right. It really does. That, that's good. So, um, yeah, the, the California convention's coming up in May. I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to, I'm going to play some music at one of the side parties, you know, for the nice. convention. So that's going to be that's going to be fun, but I think Spike and Dr. Joe are speaking over there. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be nice. But right. I was supposed to go last year, but it was right when everything happened here. So right. I need to get, get a deal with that. So killed all Spike the fun is, last year. Spike is phenomenal. If you ever get to spend just some one-on-one -on -one time with Spike, I mean, he will blow your mind. Yeah. I'm looking forward to meeting him there. There we are lucky to have him. I mean, I'm not yeah. even going to lie. Like, yeah, I just can't even, I can't wrap my mind around how much he does for Liberty and how much he does for the party and how multifaceted he is on so many levels. Mm -hmm. So he is on our, um, uh, board for people for Liberty. So he yeah, does help us out, yeah, with a lot of things. So any, he says, anytime you guys ask me to do something, he's like, I'm there. I believe in you guys. I believe in what you're messaging, what you're doing. So um, we are very lucky to have him. Um, we wanted Joe, but she too, not not one or the other. We wanted them both, but uh, yeah. she is, is throwing her hat in for um, another big project for the Libertarian Party, and and doesn't think that it would. Um, probably partner together with us the way I mean they're both great and both very uh, needed but she kind of has to go one or the other so yeah yeah so I think she's Time. going I think she's going right. the other route yeah but yeah. Um, well that's what we need is but you know one 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 vehicle to another location so maybe maybe they'll reach a different group of people they'll, right. they'll have their niche right so um some of the other aspects of people for liberty besides what I do is we want to support um, libertarians in entrepreneurship and small businesses. So that's yeah, another that's facet. That is another big facet for um, our company and our, our foundation and where we're building and growing and kind of getting um, strategic planning around it and everything else, um, helping them from, you know, do incubator and accelerator programs to help fund their businesses, their business ideas, those kinds of things. And our yeah. founder, that's her specialty. That's what she does. So she's very, very passionate about that aspect. Um, and then the other part is the big bad word of super PAC. Mm. But it's a it's something we've got to do if we want to be in there with the big dogs. It's yeah. inevitable. Yeah. You know, I, I'm not afraid of money. Gene Epstein <laughs> said to us in the podcast, because my progressive friend, Fernie Sanders was saying, uh, you know, how do we get money out of politics? And he said, you've got it completely backwards. We need to get politics out of money. Then the okay. money can't buy anything, <laughs> you know? So, so yeah, I thought, so, man, I said, damn, that's deep. <laughs> on the People for Liberty website, we have some t-shirts and stuff that you can buy. And one of our best favorite and best-selling t-shirts is defund politicians. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> so I think most of us all agree with that sentiment. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So like you're, you're saying that, so like, do you have like a list of like uh, libertarian business owners? So like, say like in the, in, in, your, in different cities, So like if you're a libertarian, you wanted to shop at this place, you'd maybe go there and 
you know, help out libertarian businesses like in that sense? We are working on that. So one of the things that we, there's two different things we're doing. Um, you can go to our website, people for the number four liberty.org and sign up for a newsletter. So it comes out with what we're doing, what we're supporting, um, sometimes just little blogs about different things that are going on. And then some of that information is all going to be put into a magazine, Living for Liberty, I think is the working title, not 100% sure um, mm -hmm. on that. And the magazine is be an online digital magazine, and it will have um, information like that um, where you can click um, different links and go to different areas and we can support small uh, libertarian small businesses through that. Yeah, Los Angeles uh, County uh, Libertarian Party has a page like that where we have libertarian-owned businesses and businesses that have been friendly to the Libertarian Party and stuff like letting us host events and stuff like that there. So, you know, people can, you know, vote with your dollar in that sense and, you know, go help out like-minded people and, uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully grow the community in that, in that, in that way as, po as much as possible. Yeah, I mean, that's... I think that's where we need to go. I mean, I'm not saying let's not support other businesses. But yeah, yeah, yeah. If we, if we can, yeah, if we can put our money back into the Libertarian Party in some way, shape, or form, whether yeah. it be, you know, buying products from a Libertarian-owned business, I mean, what a better way to help grow the party. Yeah, yeah. You know, and even if some of those Libertarians can hook up another Libertarian with a good deal, too, it's a, it's a nice incentive. <laughs> exactly. It, I mean, it's a good deal for you. <laughs> yeah, and that's the foundation of People for Liberty is just people supporting people and engaging the community. So I think that it works very well with our mission. Yeah, that's cool. Um, well, uh, let's take another break real quick, and maybe we can come back and talk about the, what the lockdowns have been like in Georgia and since you're next door to Florida. I want to hear uh, any Florida stories. Okay. So let's come back real quick. Hi, everyone. If you like the sound of our podcast and you would like to do your own podcast or have any music or post-production stuff you'd like to have taken care of, contact our engineer, Rafael Chicas, at rchicas.sound at gmail.com. That's Chicas, C-H-I-C-A-S dot sound, rchicas.sound at gmail.com. Welcome back. So uh, let's hear what the, the lockdowns have been like over there in Georgia, because you said you just moved that, to, to Atlanta. Well, we, we, you were, you're from Georgia, though, right? No, I'm actually born and raised in western rural Kentucky. Um, oh, Kentucky, okay. Small, small town in Kentucky, yeah. I've lived in Tennessee for ten, um, 10 years, and then um, my partner's family lives in Atlanta in their getting a little bit older and it was just time to get back a little bit closer to them. Uh, so we uh, can spend as much quality time with them as possible. And of course the lockdown. Happened, so. Yeah. So that kind of hampered our uh, initial goal of being here for sure. Um, uh, the lockdowns here were not as invasive as some of the other places I will say is because of governor Kemp. Uh, one of the things I do did not disagree with Governor Kemp on and really kind of 
turned me off of his way of thinking was he put in mandates for the state and the mandates were blanketed across every single community within the entire state. Now, Georgia is a very rural state. There's once you get out of like Metro Atlanta, um, maybe Savannah, Georgia, there's really not a lot of groups of people. There's some other small cities like Athens and Albany, but we're not big. I mean, most of our population is within the Atlanta metro area. So Mm -hmm. to say that this lockdown works for the entire state, when the entire state isn't even remotely the same, and refuse to allow communities to tweak those mandates for their need, I thought was just a huge overstep. I mean, I kind of understood the reasoning behind some of the mandates, but to say that, you know, Chickamauga, which is a small town about an hour and a half north of Atlanta that's got like, I don't know, hardly anybody in it, Sorry for Chickamauga. I love you guys. (laughs) Had to go by the same rules as Metro Atlanta. It just didn't Uh, make make sense. It would be like making Wyoming do the same thing as New York City. Does not make sense. (laughs) Yeah, I just, I'm not, I'm not a fan of any mandates. I think it should be up to the local people to figure out what the hell's going on. And I think the real point of government would have been to give us good information. And we saw that they, they gave us absolutely no, no good information, you know, lies, uh, you know, one-sided stories and all that, all that kind of stuff. So I, I wasn't a fan of any, any mandates, but, you know, I, I also was, I, you know, I wore a mask, so I wasn't one of somebody who didn't wear a mask. I didn't complain about it. I didn't, I don't like people telling me to, I did it of my own free choice, you know, that that's, that's the reason I did it, but I don't know. So yeah, that, that's good. It wasn't, it wasn't as bad as uh, like California, you know, but you know, it, it seems as though, you know, we had these mandates out here and they didn't, they haven't had, they haven't had uh, any bigger problem or better deal with the problem than say Florida. So like, right. what, what, what do you, what are you hearing out of Florida over there in Georgia? Um, not a whole lot. I just recently had one of my, uh, moderators that was in New York City state maybe New York state I don't want to say city moved to Florida and Uh he loves it because he's like man this is amazing if I want to go do something I just go do it like things are open things are running you know places require you to wear a mask to go in people wear the mask you know you can kind of do whatever you want to here in Uh Florida versus you know New York state and um so he loves it. Uh, you know, there was that whole thing like saying that they want people from Florida traveling and, uh-huh. and everybody that goes to Florida, guess where they have to go through Georgia. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> we cover, I mean, I guess you could go through Alabama technically, but most people have to go through Georgia and yeah, our numbers were high, but we're also one of the biggest cities. Like, I mean, we're not Los Angeles size, but Atlanta is one of the one of the top biggest cities in the U.S. So. Oh yeah, yeah. It's, it's got the bi- it's got the busiest airport, right? Busiest airport in the United States. So we have the most international travel, everything, and Man. we weren't any worse off than anybody else for yeah, the size yeah. of the city. So um, yeah. I don't know. 
I wear my mask. I, you know, respect people's distance. I, you know, moved here from my in-laws, which, you know, aren't in the best of health. They did get their vaccine. So we will be able to like spend more time with them soon. Yeah, that's nice. But, but you know, my goal was like, this is what's recommended. It's not hurting me to wear the mask. I'm a pretty healthy middle-aged person so I can wear the mask no problem so I just did do it and I still do it and it's okay so mm-hmm. I mean I think it's just individual choice I mean working yeah. with the public I have asked people to kind of step back a couple of times um and you know gotten lectures on science I'm like okay but it's my individual right to ask you to step back so and most uh-huh. of the time I'm respected at that point in time most of the time, but we, despite our election results here, we are a very uh, red state. So typically, so you have a lot of people who want to do what they want to do and sometimes don't want to respect what you want to do. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I'm from Indiana originally, you know, they're, 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 they're deep red too. So, yeah, you know, it's like, it's like that there too. Um, you know, it's a, uh, it's it's kind of cool that you know people can can get along and understand it when they when they can like you know like you're you're more accepting about like how people feel and that I'm, I'm i'm more of an introvert so to me social distancing is just fine <laughs> i don't I, I never had a had a problem with that um so you said you're from kentucky originally uh i just i uh so when you just moved there you said this year so you actually found libertarianism while you were in kentucky no, I found or, it in Tennessee. So I was born and raised oh, in, in Kentucky. Yeah, I've lived there most of the majority of my life. And then I yeah. uh, moved to Tennessee in 2010. Yeah, 2010. And lived in Nashville and then spent um, some time in Memphis also. So I yeah. love Tennessee. They have no state income tax. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they don't have it? Yeah, my grandma's from no. Tennessee. No state income tax. So uh, funny story, my partner, we moved here and he moved jobs. It was a lateral move. So same pay, same job, but doing it in Georgia. And then all of a sudden he makes less money. Oh, man. <laughs> and that was a giant shock to our system to have to pay state <laughs> income tax because we just haven't had to do yeah. it. So yeah, so yeah. as far as not wanting any taxes, man, I... I completely get it, but we do have a high, yeah. Tennessee does have a high sales tax of uh, almost 10%. So they get oh, you somehow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're trying to catch up with us or something. So so you lived in uh, Tennessee and Kentucky. So do you prefer bourbon or, or whiskey? Uh, bourbon. <laughs> yeah. What's your favorite bourbon? I'm loving the Four uh, four Roses small batch right now. So it, it is my go-to. My father loves Maker's Mark. And so that was the first bourbon I ever drank. And I'm, you know, Maker's Mark is close to my heart, but Four Roses small batch. <laughs> what, was, what was Dr. Jorgensen's favorite bourbon? Do you remember? I don't remember, but she is a bourbon drinker. And I think that we asked yeah, her yeah. that question on a People for Liberty uh, interview, but I don't remember what she said. Yeah, I remember that's why that's why I asked because I remember seeing that on there. I can't remember what it was called. I know it's from Indiana, and I wanted when I next time I go to Indiana, I wanted to pick some up. <laughs> yeah, well, there's a great bourbon trail in Central Kentucky where you can go to all the well when they, everything's back opened up. We can go to all the distilleries. So I got to buy my own um, 
bottle of makers and dip it in the wax and everything else myself. So it was really fun. So I highly oh, uh, nice. recommend if you're ever out that way to do the bourbon, uh, the bourbon trail there in Kentucky. So. Oh fun. man, that's cool. So what, so what it's a tour where you just go around all the different ones? Yeah. I mean, some of them are a fairly good distance from each other, but then some of them are within an hour drive of each other. So you can start out in the morning and then keep going. But if you're going to take bourbon everywhere you're going to go, you might need to make more stops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that's cool. I'd like, I'd like to do something like that and just pick up a bunch of bottles and bring them back here. Yeah. It's, just have, it's have a, a nice stash of, of bourbon. That's cool. It's a lot of fun. I will say Kentucky, I'm, and I'm not saying this because I'm partial, I've been on to 38 states in the United States. Probably one of the most beautiful states. It really, it, is. It really is beautiful. Yeah. It's incredible. You know. We've got horse farms and rolling hills and the greenest grass you've ever seen. So yeah. <laughs> and they're blessed with Thomas Massey. Yes. Oh. <laughs> I love Thomas Massey so much. Thomas yeah, Massey, if you hear this, I love you. Um we <laughs> do. Um, and I'm not even, you know, never really felt Republican in my life, in my adult life. And um, so Thomas Massey, of course, uh, Tulsi Gabbard, and, you know, those were my two, my yen and my yang, you know, and yeah, those yeah. were who I followed. Like, what are they doing? What are they saying? I followed them on Twitter, on Facebook, on everything. Um, Thomas Massey just did a post today that I shared in our Republicans for Liberty and our military supporter for Liberty that said, uh, it was a Reason magazine, a Reason article, and it said that we don't know how many troops that we have in Afghanistan. He says, you want to know how to know how many troops you have in Afghanistan? Bring them all home. <laughs> and I was like, yes, that is what I'm talking about. Bring our troops home, Thomas. So, yeah. yeah. Have you, have you reached out to him to be on People for Liberty or anything? I have not, but I've asked Dan Fishman to do it. So uh, yeah. I would love to have Thomas Massey on yeah. People for Liberty and interview him because uh, he has, and you and I've talked about this, and I think you even listened to it in his, uh, was it the Free Thought Project or oh, something? Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, free, free the People interview. Free the People. Yeah, for, Sorry about that. There's so many. Yeah, Kibbe's so a many great, great uh, yeah that uh, he did and um, that's where I fell in love with him because I, I have a passion for like environment environment and living off grid and obviously in an apartment in Atlanta right now but ultimately I would like to get back on some land and have a small home and solar and water you know right yeah. there that, that would be kind of the ultimate goal for me so getting to watch the way he did all of that and how he feels about Washington uh, he compared Washington to Mordor yeah so, yeah. It, it, yeah so if you think about that he said you know it it, it has all the power and the power is frightening yeah. um and had you just seems like someone like like you just sat out and like share some fried chicken with so yeah yeah he plays banjo too so I'd like to sit down and play some banjo with you yeah uh, for people that don't know what video we're talking about it's called um off the grid with thomas massey and it's on i think it's on amazon too right amazon i think you can watch it on youtube yeah it's on youtube but yeah i think if you're an amazon subscriber you, you can get it on there so uh but look it up it's a it's a great video how about people like justin amash have you reached out to like justin amash or tulsi uh um, or Rand paul to be on 
Mm, I'm not a Rand Paul fan, but I, I do see where he has some libertarian tendencies. Our kind of joke uh, is, is that Rand is the lesser of the Pauls. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, he did uh, bring up, up the Breonna Taylor Act that got shot down in Congress. It was like yeah. a four-page act, I think, just, you know, ending no-knock raids, working with qualified immunity. Um, so all the things that libertarians really stand for, um, but of course the Democrats said, no, we don't want right. a, Republic, a Republican to uh, put that uh -huh. out. We want to do that. Yeah. Um, so as we grow, I think that, you know, Amash and Tulsi and all of them are going to be a possibility to, you know, work with us on things. Uh, we're just getting um, kind of national recognition through the Libertarian Party people for liberty is and i think you know our growth is limitless honestly um we just don't have enough people to do everything we want to do so <laughs> we're always looking for content creators bloggers um just writers if you're writing for liberty i met a guy this weekend he just writes blogs about liberty does it on his own because he likes doing it and he's a good writer you know people like that um just to grow people for liberty so that we can pull in Justin Amash and Massey I think we could pull Massey regardless because yeah he likes my tweets about him <laughs> <laughs> that's cool um so when you when you say get in, how, how would somebody get involved you know, you because I know you reached out to me because I, I I'm a posting freak, so you, you reached are. out to me and asked me. <laughs> I love. It I read. Though, I read man. a hell of a lot. <laughs> yes, and that I mean, those are the kind of people we need, and that's why I can jokingly say, libertarians love to talk about liberty. Yeah. But we should have no lack of information. We just need to yeah. kind of bring it in to where it makes sense. Um. Yeah. So. A couple of different ways, like our like our um, web page, which is people for the letter for liberty.org. Sign up for our newsletter because you can see what we're about. Um, then if you see something you're interested in and you like and you're like, hey, I would love to participate in something like that, you can email us at volunteers at people for the number four liberty.org. And that comes straight to our leadership team. Sounds good. So did you want to give out the website again? Was there a website yes. you gave out earlier? Yeah, it's people for the letter, number four, liberty.org, or you can find us on Facebook at People for Liberty. Yeah, a lot, a lot of groups, really uh, nice people to talk to. Uh, and, you know, you can find your niche in there, you know, if you, oh, what, what, whatever you are, you know, uh, you should be able to find it, make some content, you know, get involved. You know, get involved locally too. You know, get involved locally. A, Absolutely, I cannot know. stress enough how amazing it was to go to the Georgia State Convention. You can go yeah. to your state convention, do it. It was a blessing for me. You know, and, and as a libertarian, somebody, you know, there, you know, a lot of times there's there's not a lot of us where you know, it seems like we're, you know, few. It used to be few and far between times when I would run into another libertarian it's really nice to go sit down and talk to a, a room full of libertarians. You know, that's one thing I'm really looking forward to playing to the California convention. This is going to be my first non-hostile crowd. I'm playing political libertarian music in front of, <laughs> you know, I, I go out and play libertarian themed music in front of progressives, man. It, I'm always waiting for the time I get hit with something. <laughs> I haven't, I haven't got hit with anything yet, but 
you know, that's just, I guess I haven't been out there this last uh, very hostile year. Yeah, well, I love what you do, Sean. I love your posts, the energy that you bring to our groups. And I'm very thankful to have met you online and having regular chats with you. So you've been one of those people that uh, that has been one of our great volunteers for Liberty. Yep. Well, I I enjoy what you guys do. And that's why I wanted to have you on here. So we'll spread this around. Maybe we can get you guys uh, some more uh, listeners and uh, or not listeners, I get the listeners, and you, you get the people out there helping out with the podcast or with the webpage or yeah, group. Helping God, out I with, that all up. Yeah, helping out with our Facebook groups, um, listening in on our Liberty uh, Liberty Lunch Power Hours. Dan Fishman interviews people. He had Martha Bueno on today talking about legalization, freedom, and her campaign that she's running in Miami-Dade. So we always have some really great people on. To yeah, her, her posts are great. I share those with the, uh, you know, because I'm up here in Northeast LA. I share her posts all the time that are in Spanish. Right. She's a great resource for that kind of stuff. Her story, if you get to listen to it, is amazing. She mm-hmm. talked about how her mom and dad got out of Cuba, and it's an incredible story. So I mm-hmm. highly recommend checking that out, and it's um, on our Facebook page. You can watch it. So, Well, thank you very much, and uh, this is uh, Andrea Lee again from People for Liberty, and, uh, you know, maybe check back in, uh, or you, know, you can always send some other people over to talk to me, too. We'll talk more about People for Liberty. Oh, I would love to do that. Thank you so much, Sean. Yeah. All right. See you next time, everybody.